What's up, guys? Uh, so we're calling this our bonus uh, podcast episode. We actually did this episode uh, as a video podcast back before the 2018 season. I went down, went up to Iowa, uh, hung out with Walls, and he had just got back from visiting with Nebraska for uh, a little under a week. So he kind of talked to me about what he was seeing and and what he learned from Nebraska. And and as you guys saw, um, they got better on throughout the year and and obviously looking to have a, a big year in 2019. But uh, as we're calling this our bonus episode, if you guys follow us on YouTube already, you've already seen this. We do have the video for this on that as well. But this is just the pure audio of it. We've got no sponsors uh, for this episode. It's just a pure bonus episode uh, for you guys to listen to. So hopefully you guys enjoy. All right, what's up guys? Uh, doing our first uh, our first video podcast. So Excited to do this. Coach Walls got to go to Nebraska, uh, see Coach Frost, and so going to talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about football and, and Nebraska, and kind of maybe what he learned from that. So uh, we'll get into it. Walls, how's it going, man? It's, it's good going, to be in Iowa. It's going great, man. It's it's nice to be doing the uh, the podcast from the basement here. I feel like uh, I feel like we're Wayne and Garth from the old uh, Wayne's World movies, man. Party but, on! Yeah, party on is right. This is going to be fun, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's get into it. It'd be good. Sweet. So, so what was your what was your guys' hookup? How'd you get into Nebraska? Obviously, everyone's kind of wanting to get in there. I think right now with what Frost was doing over at UCF and stuff. I know your head coach, uh, who we had on the podcast before, but how'd you guys get into it? Yeah, uh, Coach Nelson uh, coached with a lot of these guys quite a bit. Actually, they I think they got a lot of them got their start uh, at Northern Iowa. Uh, coach Frost I think was there for two years. It was kind of his first full time gig. So he coached linebackers there, was a, a co-defensive coordinator. And then he's got three other guys that actually coached with him as well. Um, Eric Shenander, Javon DeWitt, who coaches outside linebacker. Linebacker Shenander's the D coordinator. Yeah. So he's kind of the guy we, we know really well. He actually coached tight ends with Coach Nelson. So a pretty strong bond there. Uh, Javon DeWitt actually lived with Coach Nelson huh. for a while and coaches outside linebackers now at Nebraska. And then Mario Verduzco was our other connection. He coached quarterbacks at UNI again for like – you know, 10, 15 years as he was with Coach Nelson the whole time. So a lot of those guys, still really good friends. Sure. Um, and then obviously Coach Frost, you know, will, will help hook up a lot of the guys that helped him early on yeah. in business. So well, that's with, kind of how we got With his. Shenander, you said, um, well, he was with Frost. Was that all the way back to like the Oregon days? Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So he'd met him. He met him actually before at, at UNI. They coached together. Okay. So, so him and Frost were really good buddies at UNI. Uh, developed a good friendship. Actually, Shenander was the best man in his wedding. Huh. So, I mean, they, they kind of got to know each other really well. Both really smart guys, got along well. And then uh, Frost hooked him up out in Oregon. Mm. He got to work for a while, I think, as a GA, and then kind of got mm. on the field in a capacity there. And then Chip Kelly liked him a lot, too, so took him with to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles and that's kind of the the rest of the story for him, man. Yeah. He, he worked his way up quickly. <laughs> He's a, he's a bright dude. Shenander's an awesome guy. He's he's a really good guy to work with. Well, that's always the cool thing I think that you hear about Frost, even like when going from UCF to Nebraska, is like he just brought the whole staff. Like he finds guys like you were saying that that grind and guys he likes to be around. And mm-hmm. if he does that, he stays loyal to them and they they come and work for him. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, I, th- I think one of the first things that that you have to have with, with Coach Frost is, you know, Co- Coach Frost is a super intelligent guy. I mean, he's smart as heck. 
Um, a lot of people know he's, he's a Nebraska guy, but he actually started out at Stanford. So, I mean, huh. obviously had to have really good grades, wanted to go play there and learn from Bill Walsh. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the first things. So I think he's probably, you know, if he's hiring guys, they, they got to be pretty intelligent guys. And most of the guys that I saw on staff, well, I'd say all of them, extremely intelligent guys, well-spoken. Right. And then it's like you said, he took the whole staff. They're just super down-to-earth guys. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't like you're – you're going there, and it's some big time guy, and it's like, okay, I'll give you five minutes. Literally, I mean, it's like, hey, did you, did you were you guys able to park okay? Were you guys able to find everything okay? I mean, is everything good? Do you need a water? I mean, there's times they're running in the meeting room grabbing us water. Huh. I mean, you see a lot of that servant leadership from those guys. Yeah. Just, just no big time stuff. I mean, and then and that's hard to come by in college. I mean, yeah. we've been to a bunch of them, and you've been to probably thousands more than I've been to. But a lot of times you go there, and they're the top dogs, and they want to make you feel like i don't know if they want to make you feel like yeah. it but they're they're pretty flamboyant about you know they're yeah thinking that they're very highly of themselves yeah there's no doubt i mean these guys i mean you you can see where kids would really like them sure. because i think they're super genuine they're they're honest with you they're not they're not trying to sell you on anything they're not trying to sell you that that, that i'm a really really smart coach i'm better than you i mean they're just guys that that realize that they love football they've got an unbelievable job uh, they have an unbelievable responsibility to, to help young men. And at the same time, they understand the responsibility to help high school coaches and guys who, who maybe can help them a little bit with players. But also, it's like, you know what? I was in the same shoes as you guys. Sure. So, I mean, it, it's it's cool to sit down with guys that, that get it, I think. And yeah. then you see that camaraderie of that whole staff. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Hmm. I mean, that you see why, you know, they were able to, to meld that team together so quickly because – they do the same thing as a staff. I mean, they get along really, really well. So, so what are some of the big things that you took from it? I know you talked about, um, you know, obviously a few things that you we've already talked about as far as uh, how they did certain parts of team, how they set up practice. Uh, the coolest part to me was, and I'm sure you'll ex- explain it a little bit better, mm-hmm. but just like they've only, you know, they kept it a two-hour practice, mm-hmm. and it was just they were going the whole time, but they're not – keeping you there for four and a half hours like we went to Michigan five hour practice and just kind of you know it took a lot of time and and a lot of downtime in between stuff where we talk about Nebraska it sounds like hey it was it was every second they were doing something they were getting a lot of reps and um, maybe if even if a a thing was five minutes but they got their 12 plays in and it was only in three minutes boom they're done they got their 12 plays in yeah everything was well well scripted I mean you could tell that that they had all kinds of preparation so they knew drills that they were going to do, which I'm sure everybody, you know, does beforehand. But, I mean, even as a tempo team, it wasn't like Coach Frost or Coach Verduzco or whatever was just calling plays. Yeah. It was all scripted. And the same thing with the defense. The defense had a script that they were sticking to, and they were practicing that. So I thought that was one thing. Um, The other thing that they said that they did beforehand, which I thought was was pretty brilliant on their part, was part of their meetings the week leading up, because they were super smart about how they said it. They, they, They practiced Friday. And then they went on spring break. Yeah. Well, by practicing Friday, it gave them the 20-hour work week for the whole week. Sure. So they got to meet with their guys, you know, still lift, still do all this stuff. But the the day before, they were actually to kind of go through like a walk-through mock practice. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. put on any pads or anything. Sure. But you're able to say, okay, here's what we're going to do period one. Here's what we're going to do period two. Because it's a brand new group of guys. Yeah, they've never been never been through it with them. Yeah, so I mean, they never they never know what to expect. You know, it's it's easy for them to just sit up there and say it. Sure, they're able to just kind of get them on the field, walk through it, and and show them exactly what they needed to do. So I thought that was pretty brilliant too. I mean, any coach could do, do, go do that, especially if yeah. you're going into a new situation. 
So I thought that was one thing that was really good. Um, the other thing with the way that they practice, um, they're almost always going two groups at the same time. So obviously in the spring, you're going to do more competition stuff where it's your offense versus your defense. You're trying to get better at football. Yeah. All right. So it might not be something they maybe do as much of during the season, but I know they still do a ton. But they're going two groups at the same time. So they'd split their staff. So one end of the field, they're going plus 35 in. The other end of the field, they're going plus 35 in. And they split up their teams however they'd want to. Mm-hmm. All right. So you could be going ones versus ones, two versus twos, however you want to do it. They just had it broken up because they didn't know who any of the guys were. Right. I mean, they knew names. They'd watched a little bit of film on them, but they're like, hey, we're going to give everyone a fair shake. So I think that's the other thing that they're able to do is build rapport with the kid. You know, you're going to get a ton of reps. They're going to watch all of the film. You're going to get coached by a variety of guys. And it's not just going to be, you know, set guys that you've already kind of handpicked. And it's like, all right, we're going to coach these guys and hopefully you guys keep up. Right. No, we're going to take everybody. We're going to practice you as much as we can. You're going to get a ton of reps. You're going to get on film. You're going to get coached. Well, that was one of the big stories that you hear out of UCF with the, with the linebacker is mm-hmm. they didn't even they didn't give him the time of day with the old staff. And then Frost goes in there and and it's like, hey, everyone's on on you know equal ground. Doesn't matter. Give me the guys, the eleven guys that are going to be the best, and you guys are going to be the ones out there. And that's really when he started blossoming into uh, being able to play at the college level. Obviously, he always did in high school, but um, you know Frost comes in. Sounds like does I'm sure the exact same thing you're talking about and says, look, I don't, I don't know who you guys are and I don't really care. Find me the 11 best and everyone's going to get a shot. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how he started getting to play in college and then obviously became an amazing college football player. Yeah. They, they, they're going to have a new set of eyes to evaluate these guys and it's awesome. It's a fresh uh, slate for them. And again, you know, he had the the quote that everyone's been throwing up on Twitter, you know, Hey, we're not going to yell and cuss at guys and they don't. Yeah. I mean, we're just some cuss words in practice. Yeah. It's not, they're not, you know, that that happens, but it's not like they're demeaning a kid ever. I mean, it's always going to be a deal where we're going to teach you how to do it. Okay. And they don't do it on the field. I mean, they might correct something in between, but it's like, dude, run the next rep. See, that's the that was the craziest part that I that yeah. I thought of when you were telling me about it. Because even at Houston, we were going fast. There still seemed to be a lot of coaching, which kind of slowed some stuff down. Where you said at Nebraska, it was like, hey, let's go next play, and then we'll use all this film that we got, and now we'll, we'll coach off of it and get it fixed. Exactly. So that that was the coolest thing for me. Every coach is on the field. They're still making sure guys are lined up. It's the first day. But they're not stopping to, whoa, 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 we missed this combo. They run the play again. None of that at all, all right? And, and, and I asked kind of Coach Shenander about that a little bit afterwards, and he said it was a Chip <clears throat> Kelly thing. Huh. Uh, Chip Kelly had said, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me to make 10 other guys run the play again who may didn't mess up when one guy messes up. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think just as coaches, sometimes you, you get control freak or it's got to look perfect, it's got to be this way. And, and I think we just make them run it. It's going to be a perfect play, perfect rep. Whereas yeah. they're like, just run the play. The more reps that these kids get, eventually they're going to be able to figure it out. right? It's like any other kid. You're going to fall down riding a bike, fall down, fall down, fall down, boom. You're just going to keep rolling. Sure. Okay? So I love that. Uh, I think it's a, a great way to, t- to go about practice. Um, breaking up their staff, I thought, too, was, was really cool because now you can kind of delegate some of that responsibility. You'd have – Maybe some of your older guys on one end, and then you'd have some of your younger guys on the other end. The The younger players that they had going down there, too, they're able to slow it down just a little bit. Yeah. You know, obviously not as as versed in, in whatever it might be. So they're taking those freshmen, and you see why UCF had a ton of freshmen playing. Yeah. A ton of young guys. So, I mean. That's that's the name of the game, right, is getting those young guys as many reps as you can possibly get. And, and how do you fit that in? And really, Springs, 
one of the best times to do it because when it gets in the fall, as much as you want to help all the kids on your team, it gets difficult because all you're looking at is is what's going to keep your job, which is the kids that are playing. So being able to get those kids in as many reps as they can get and and also be able to see are they going to be able to play for us this year, giving them a chance. And I think the other cool thing about that, I mean, by doing all those reps, yes, they learn the scheme. I also think they're smart about the scheme that they do run. If you want to go fast, you can't be complex. Yeah. So I think it makes it easier for the offensive line. It makes it easier for the skill kids to be able to play early because they're super smart and they've refined their offense so much that they've gotten it to a point where they can teach it quickly. Right. And they can teach it thoroughly and they can get these guys on the field much, much faster. And that's, again, having that continuity of staff, it makes it even easier. So Frost had said, you know, this first day went better than our first day did at UCF. Hmm. Because they'd already done it. Sure, because the coaches at least had done it. Yeah, and they're able to refine the the way that they could do it. So, again, that that coaching continuity and and I think, again, probably sitting in staff meetings and and bouncing ideas off of each other and not having egos, it's like, hey, coach, what if we tried doing it this way? Yeah. And then rather than just be like, wow, we've never done that before, they're thinking in terms of, God, you know what? That might be a better way to do it. Yeah. So there's a lot of that open dialogue, too. Well, that's what it seemed like the most that you've talked about is is, um, it was none of it was – and I'm, by none of it, I mean almost none of it was just like, oh, well, that's just what we did. That's what we've always done in football, so we're going to redo the play because it wasn't perfect. It was like they sat down and said, okay, should we redo the play when it's not perfect? Here's the pros, here's the cons. No, it actually takes more time when a guy falls down and that doesn't actually get him any better doing it again because he tripped and fell down one time. Okay, well, we'll just go on to the next play. We'll talk about it in film. We'll get going. So it's like it's been no stone has been unturned. They've been, They've said – you know, what is the best way that we can get the optimum amount of time out of our practices, which is so important, like we've talked about, because yeah. you only get so many hours to get to be in pads, and it's less and less every year, and it's going to continue, I would assume, to be less and less. So how do you manage your whatever, your two hours that you're allowed, whatever they're allowed to have, um, and get the maximum amount of quality reps in that time? And it seems like they've actually, like you said, had open dialogue discussion about What's the best way for us to do this? There's no doubt about it. And I think, again, with, with kids, too, you know, their, their attention spans are shorter anyway. Sure. So I think you, the, the more ways you can get guys on the field, the more ways you can get guys involved. I mean, they've got you know backup quarterbacks, backup receivers. You've got other GAs, guys that love football, whatever it is. They're signaling. You know, they're spotting the ball. They've got, they've got guys that are involved doing these things. It, it keeps all these kids involved rather than one group of 11 running plays one group of 11 trying to stop them, and then everyone else is watching on the side. Same thing in Indy. You know, while, while I'm sitting there talking, there's 16 guys on the offensive line that aren't getting better. Right. So, I mean, rather, rather than having this long oration about something and this long speech, why not just say, you know what, I'll save that for the meeting room. And you know what, let's get these guys moving. That's right. Like reps, 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 boom. It's like, like I said, when, when Frost was done with the script, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to punish these guys with more reps. It's like, <laughs> cool, nice job, boom, blow the horn. All right, and then they'd go to a period where they could slow it down a little bit more, drill into some of the fundamentals they wanted to do. Maybe it's some small group work, whatever it might be. But that was the time they'd able to t- to kind of teach it and talk about it. But again, they're still not just standing around listening right. to a guy talk. So I mean, it makes total sense. Well, you even said even all the way to you know how they warmed up, and mm-hmm. and I know you really liked that, and I thought it was cool too. And what we've talked about the past several years is just. 
And especially as an offensive lineman, for me, just how much you hate warming up because yeah. it seems like a waste of time. You're there to play football, not to warm up. And a lot of it is protecting the kids, but a lot of it is, you know, coaches, you know, strength coaches looking out for themselves because they don't want to get yeah. fired because they got some kid hurt. So they said, we did our due diligence, whatever. But yeah. it was like at, at Nebraska, it's like they even thought about that. What's the best way that most beneficial that we can get what we need to get, get their their body temperature up, get it done quick, and and get going. So how'd they do that? And because I think that was exciting, and and we've had coaches on that say, mm-hmm. you know, they almost don't they don't do almost a warm up anymore because it's just it's just time to go. We want to play football. Yeah, I mean, and you say uh, like like an organized team warm up. Now they're warming up, right? <laughs> they're do but they're doing football things. So they do a zero period that they call a zero period for fifteen minutes. And it can look like any number of things. But the, the cool thing for me that I loved, okay, in the zero period, centers, QBs, and running backs. Okay, sorry, defensive guys. I was watching the offense, all right? <laughs> but uh, they, they were working too, don't worry. Um, but centers, QBs, and running backs were all on one side of the field. So I think they had five centers, five QBs that were in camp. So one guy is just yelling out the play. So assistant O-line guy, whoever it might be, yells the play. Boom, they run the play. They make the quarterback line the running back up. All right, running back knew where to line up, but sure. making the quarterback having to think and talk and do all these things. So he'd run the play, running back runs all the way through, it'd be about a 10-yard run. All the center and the QB have to do is turn around. So they turn around, boom, they run the play the other direction. Same thing, next play, next play. And next you said play. each of them have their own cadence, right? Yes, so each one's just running their own cadence. It's not like they have to wait for one guy as everyone lined up and everybody go. Boom, it's just it's just those guys right there, ready, set, go. And they, and they snap it off and they roll. They get... 40 plays in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's insane. And again, they're not, they're not killing anybody. They're not dying or whatever, but it's thinking, getting guys lined up, understanding the play. Where's the back need to be? Who's my read? The center's having to take his steps. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put a, a backup center or a student assistant that they had out there with the bag. He could hit the bag. But that's five minutes, and you're getting 40 reps of snaps, listening to the play call, maybe seeing a signal, however it might be. To me, that's a beneficial five minutes. If that was all you did... For a five-minute warm-up, that would be really, really good. Sure. Okay. After they do that, so so as you do, you don't have your centers. So offensive line coaches, I got the rest. What are the guards and the tackles doing? Okay. They're down in the end zone, and they just have a short five-minute warm-up they do. Could just be a regular core bag drill that they did. So they go over some bags, get their feet moving or whatever. Well, after that, they're doing skip pulls, folds, open pulls for, for, uh, for pin pull stuff. That's all they did. So, again, what are you doing? Okay, yeah, they're moving around, they're running, but they're not doing high knees, they're not doing knee hugs. Stuff they'll never use. Yeah, they're actually, okay, raising my core temperature, my hips are getting loosened up, I'm coming out of a stance, I'm running, I'm finding a landmark, I'm understanding skills that I need to be able to do. Right. So, to me, that made perfect sense. After another five minutes, okay, so boom, that's done. All the running backs learn how to run pass routes. So, QBs, receivers, running backs, all go together, they're working two-man combinations. So their favorite two-man combinations, they do that for five minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. are they going full speed yet? Probably not. Yeah. But you're still you're still completing passes. Offensive line down there, what are they doing? Pass sets, right? Working on things where they're not having to hit much, but again, you're getting some of your your small fundamental work in while you're rolling right yeah. there. Okay. Uh, the last one, now they pull them all together and they actually go full team, and it's just team takeoff into the mm-hmm. end zone. So get the whole team going for that zero period. <clears throat> They get five minutes just running plays as fast as they can. Ones, twos, threes. How many plays can we run in yeah. five minutes? And again, not super intensive, but you're, you're moving around. You're thinking. And you're at least thinking some football stuff. You're doing football things to get warmed up. Yeah. 
after all that, so after zero period, they do go down into the end zone and they do a five-minute dynamic warm-up. But I love how they set it up, okay? It's all by position group. So all the offensive line, <clears throat> they're all in a line. All your tight ends would be in a line. All your linebackers, however you want to break it up, but they're all in the same groups. Right. So you don't have offensive lineman, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, <laughs> senior kid that we all love, this guy down here, and they're all working at different paces. Yeah. Okay. The offensive line is going to work at the same speed that most big, large offensive linemen work. All right. And they'd have a player come out front and he'd help lead the thing. So he'd say, all right, you got this. And they're running through 20. They go down. Every group's kind of working on their own. Hmm. All right. They go back. Strength coach blows the whistle. They have a different drill that they do. They're going for their 20 yards. You know, it's a backpedal. It's a turn. It's a shuffle, whatever it might be. But again, football specific moves. They're doing it for literally five minutes. Five minutes. And they are gassed when they're done. But they go five minutes hard. They've already done some work prior to that. Boom, they get a breakdown. They're off and they're running. Hmm. So, again, no no team stretch. Clap, 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 clap. Tigers. (laughs) Stretch, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah, it's it, but to me it was awesome because again I, I just love being in your position group. Right. Right. So you're the offensive line coach. You're still there, encouraging your guys. Yeah, you're working with your guys the whole time, and you're they're still, working with each other the whole time. Yeah. So I mean, it, it to me it, it just made perfect sense, you know. And I know there's some value in coaches. You know, hey, you should go out and, and meet with the other guys and teach other guys. You can do that anytime. You don't yeah. have to do that. You, you already said it. We have limited amount of practice time. Right. Yeah. You only got so much. Yeah. I mean, I I can go bump knuckles with my linebackers anytime <laughs> after practice before practice hey yeah. louie how you doing buddy let's go you know what i mean i don't need to do it during practice yeah all right so I, I thought it made perfect sense let's have valuable use of our time especially in pre-practice that's awesome that that's um you know like you said that's they've even thought about uh the warm-ups you know another thing you talk about is is a little bit and we won't we don't need to get into specifics of what they call stuff but yep. um they get into They've got a lot of tags, but the tags go from, you know, from gap scheme over to zone scheme. So that was something that I thought was kind of interesting. So whatever it was, they're going to read something or, or whatever, if it's backside, front side, but it's, it can be the same tag for uh, power read as it is for zone read. It's the exact same thing. Or if it's, um, you know, locking the backside for an RPO, it could be the same thing as locking the backside for, you know, pin and pull RPO or, or whatever that is. They use, like you said, and again, without getting too specific yeah. uh, for, for their sake, but um, being able to put tags on the end of these plays to keep it simple, um, but be able to make it look, again, confusing to a defense or like there's a lot of stuff in. Yeah, they're so, they've gotten so good at being able to, and, and you know, Coach Verduzco was awesome with us. He sat down with us for literally, I, I want to say, eight hours out of his day, you know, and, and it was a... Uh, a busy time for him moving back and forth, having to worry about his family in Florida. So, I mean, he, he was, was unbelievable. Meeting with him was, was phenomenal, but they've done such a great job where they've taken all of these different offensive ideas, you know, and obviously most of it is coming from Oregon and his time with chip. Um, but being able to drill it down to simple rules. All right. So that's when they, when they would teach these, these plays, they'd always say, teach the rule. Teach the rule of the play. So when the kids would, would learn the rule of the play, it's like they're not sitting here thinking about, okay, what does the number mean? What's my assignment on this? They just to teach them the overall general rule of the play. So when they call it, oh, this is inside zone blocking. Okay? Yeah. And it's like you said, they had a, a tag for the backside. Okay? They, they, they would run that. Well, hey, it's still inside zone, but the backside is locking on to the big guys. 
All right, so they make it make it very very simple in that. So they, they learn the, the entire rule. Okay, when that's called, oh yeah, hey, it's inside zone on the front side, backside. Oh, I got a man block, so it makes it super easy. And it's like you said, okay, you go from zone to say pin pull, the exact same. Right. All right, so they'd make this the same kind of call. Okay, I know the front side is pin pull, but the backside now, okay, what's my rule? Well, if you didn't tag anything, cut everybody off. Right. If we did make that simple tag on the backside. Whatever that tag is, we're we're doing that on the back side. I'm blocking on the back side. It made it made it really really easy for those kids, and I think they could learn it quickly. But they'd categorize everything by run scheme, so that was the way kids could learn it quickly. Okay, right. That number means oh, it's it's this kind of scheme. It's a man scheme. Yeah. That number means it's a, a zone scheme. All right. The the last one would mean it's it's a gap scheme. So I think they're they're able to to figure those things out very very quickly, and they'd really really drilled into that right. Same thing in the past game, right? The names that they called things made sense. Right. You know, they didn't call something Jimmy when the guy's not running some route that starts with a J. Yeah. All right. Or Jimmy, okay, there's a Y in it. Is, is the Y running a route here? No, no, the X is. No, uh, uh, when I was at um, <laughs> South Carolina in 72, Jimmy's the one that made it up. So that's why we call it that. Oh, yeah. great. I'm sure oh, your, cool. your receivers know that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the the plays that the, the the names that they came up with were never longer than two syllables. You know, it was super yeah. super simple. It was a one syllable word. So if a guy w- w- didn't get the call, the guy could could figure it out quickly. You know, and, and at the same time when they're teaching that stuff, they learn it very very fast. Yeah. All right. So I mean, even there's like like me when they gave us a chance to watch a little bit of film, I didn't know what they called everything. Right. And in the past game, Coach Verduzco didn't have a chance, chance to tell us all the past game. And sure. I mean, honestly, we have our own pass game in Ankeny. All you guys got your own pass game. I didn't need to call it what Nebraska calls it. But when I wanted to look up concepts, guess what? It was easy for me to decipher. I'm like, oh, I bet that's a wheel route with something. Or, ah, I bet that's a post route with something. And 99 times out of 100, I was right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like if I can sit there and I can watch film through your cut-ups and I can kind of figure out what it is. And the kids can remember it. I'm pretty sure they can figure out pretty fast. Right. So, I mean, the way that they've that they've thought it out and the way they've, they've taught it, and again, by teaching that simple base rule and they've watered it down to the most basic level where these kids can learn, it's genius. Yeah. And that's how they can go so fast. It's it's awesome. Well, like you said, that's important because they do go so fast. I mean, it's a it's a, so they can't be doing a bunch of different thinking. So it's like they they've thought about it all around that. Hey, we want to go fast. So what's the easiest, simplest way we can get it signaled in? We can get signaled our formations in, and we can get it our, to our kids to where they know what it is, and and they've got a system for all of it. So that was the coolest part to me was just. Um, you know, again, how much they've thought of every single thing. Um, when you went and watched practice, was it in the morning? Yeah. Was it? Is that something they always do, or is yeah. that just something they did in the spring? What was the, the thought process behind that? Because I so, know Chip Kelly's talked about that yeah, a lot. Yeah, so again, you know, you're like, they practice at 5.45 a.m. So I left here, you know, it's a three-hour drive or like two and a half. So I left at like 2.30 in the morning, make sure I had to be there at 5. Yeah. And, of course, Shenander's sitting there. He's already got two cups of coffee. He's like, hey, man, you ready? Let's go. You know, I'm like, oh, let's go. You let's know? roll. I already had plenty of monsters, so it really didn't matter. But... <laughs> But he's like, hey, trust me, it's not normal. We'll we'll wait till at least you know seven. <laughs> so, but I mean, they get him up in the morning, and again, people have always asked Frost about it. I'm sure they asked Chip about it, but he they had research on that. Yeah. Um, we don't want our kids partying, so we want we want them to wake up early in the morning. Boom, there you go. Right now, yeah. they're not they're not going to skip practice, but they might skip class. If they got class in the morning, they might skip it. Sure. And Scott even said, I skip classes in the morning. You know, 
I was at Nebraska. I skipped several classes in the morning too. <laughs> not gonna lie, but they wake up in the no. morning. They want to go play football. Yeah. So I mean, they they go do that, and he goes, and not only that, they're awake for the rest of the day. Yeah. So he's like, our kids will be better students. They'll be better citizens. They're gonna be more awake. They're gonna get fed when they go to the facility. They get fed. Sure. And then they even said they even had it down to like hormone levels, kids' testosterone levels, growth hormone were all alert. So I mean, we want our big guys who want to get big. We make them lift in the morning. Yeah. And we we make these guys get up and and do these things. But there's science behind all of it. Again, it's not just, you know, Scott flipped the coin and said I want to practice in the morning because I like the mornings better. Yeah, I want to play golf in the afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he does. I don't know. I bet he's probably a pretty good golfer. But at the same time, there's research behind why they do it. You know. And he's got me thinking about, I'm like, it makes sense. You know, Shenander said the same thing. He's like, here's the other thing that happens. We practice early through like Thursday. Well, think about all the recovery time now they have. Yeah. So you've practiced in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. They probably, they probably have Monday off. would be one of those days off. But anyway, you practice early in the morning on Thursday. So you're getting like almost have, a whole other a, 12 hours that other teams aren't. An extra 12 hours of recovery yeah. before they have to do a, a regular walkthrough or wherever on Friday, and then they play a game on Saturday. Sure. So he says, our guys seem like they're fresher on Saturday. Okay. Now, I don't know what their practice schedule is like on Friday. I've heard they still go fast. They still sling it around. But guess what? You've had all that recovery to be able to get that done. Right. So, again, I, I can't speak intelligently on it, but I would think that they probably still go fast on a Friday and throw the ball around because they want to maintain their timing. But the kids are a lot fresher because they have practice in the morning. Now they get all that extra recovery time from it. Well, another thing you'd think would be cool is I remember uh, at Houston, the big worry was when we had the 11 o'clock game, oh, is everyone going to be ready in the morning? You guys better make sure you're ready in the morning. Yeah. you got to wake up at 6. And, and, you know, I was used to it because I was already with my wife and stuff. So I was yeah. used to waking up at – we lived out in Pearland, so it was an hour drive sometimes. Yeah. There was traffic 10, 10 minutes if there was no traffic, but – I was used to waking up at five in the morning for workouts, but I guess not all the skilled kids were. So they were all freaking out, like, "Are we going to be ready to play in the morning on Saturday?" And you know that was always the big, "Oh no!" But uh, if you're practicing, you're used to practicing at six a.m. anyways. Then then you're you're ready for those eleven o'clock games. And if it's a eight o'clock game, hey, you get to sleep in that day. You, you get a uh, a treat for game day. Yeah, I I didn't think that no nobody looked tired to me. Yeah, and nobody looked groggy or whatever. And Frosty said that like a lot of the guys were already there at like four four thirty. They're all amped up for it. Or Ready whatever. to go. So, I mean, you know, you get your guys up early. I just I just think there's a lot of benefits to it. It's got us thinking now at Ankeny. We we might try to do something like that at least sure at least for a couple of days. You know, just for for some of the the simple reasons that you know I think we could get a lot of our, our work done in the morning. Um, you know, if you got JV games on a Monday, right? You know, you're gonna have to cut your practice short on Monday anyway. You let your JV guys go. Well. If we practice in the morning, maybe now we get a little bit more done for an hour, hour and a half. Our JV guys don't come in on a Monday. Now maybe we can do something after school with just our, our varsity guys and just keep it light. Right. You know, get out there. Maybe it's some special teams. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of benefits to being able to do some things like that. It makes you think again because there's tangible evidence behind sure. it. And obviously it's successful. Well, I've always thought the coolest part was is being able to watch film in the afternoon. And I'm sure Agreed. that's probably a little more in mm-hmm. college than you can than in high school. But... Um, I know we went to Texas and saw multiple teams practicing in the morning and then coming in later in the afternoon. But the coolest part I've always thought about that was, um, you know, you get to do it. You're doing the whatever the practice is. And while it's still fresh in your mind, before you go to sleep, before you forget it by the next day at, at 6 p.m., later that day you're watching film on what you just did. Okay, we need to get this, this, and this corrected. Yeah. Now your pre-practice meetings aren't 
two and a half hours and you're bored out of your mind. Your pre-practice yeah. meetings are, here's 30 minutes, 15 minutes is what we need to get done as we go out to practice. And now your later meetings are the ones that you want to watch anyways because you're wanting to watch yourself and see how you did at practice. So to me, that all times up a lot better when you can do it that way too. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when we get our kids, so at Ankeny, our guys have eight classes. I mean, and we don't have an athletic period like we did at Broken Arrow. Yeah. So our guys, when they come out, a lot of them are fried. And I don't sure. blame them. When, if I was a kid, and I, I say that to my kids all the time in chemistry, I'm like, I feel for you guys. You got eight classes. I, said, yeah. I, remember, I mean, we had seven periods when I was in high school, but I always had at least one open. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for some of those kids that are, that are carrying eight classes. Some of them are taking AP courses. They're, they're gutting it out. They had to lift in the morning, Yeah. right, for their early bird class. They go to eight classes, and then they come to us. And now we're going to have to get a lot of work done for two to two and a half hours. I mean, to me, get that stuff done in the morning. Yeah. All right? So twofold, right? I think if we practice in the morning, all right, we get our guys awake. They're going to be a little bit better as the day goes on. Not only that, we can feed them. Sure. Right. So as soon as like they you leave, said, breakfast. As soon as they leave practice or whatever, we can feed them. We can have a snack for them in the morning. There's a lot of things you can get uh-huh. done there. You can kind of control that environment. Okay. The <clears> other <throat> thing is they know they have a practice in the morning. They're gonna to go to bed earlier. Yeah. They have right? to. Yeah. There's there's no excuse. They're gonna get home earlier because they're not doing the stuff after right. school. So they can they can hammer out some of that homework early on. And then I think they go to bed earlier knowing that I'm going to have to be up at 5, 5.30 yeah. and then go knock out this practice. I don't know. I think I think there seems to be like a lot of benefits to it personally. It'd be cool. Uh, you know, it'd be cool to be able to look into it. I know you guys are looking into it, so I'm kind of excited to see how that works for you guys. But um, getting back to, to UCF now a little bit, because yeah. I know before going to Nebraska, because uh, you've been watching Frost and you like Frost, obviously, because you've always been a big Nebraska fan, went yep. to Nebraska. And so mm-hmm. um, I know you've allegedly you've got a little bit of UCF film um, <laughs> from from other places, I'm sure, all all uh, on the straight and narrow. But uh, I yeah. know you've watched at least them on ESPN. So yeah. w- what are some, some of the cool things that you've seen them do that, um, you know, not that you've just picked up from practice. We're not going to give away anything. Not that I think they probably – did anything to give yeah. away first day anyways, but yeah. what are some things that you really like about that offense that, that he's uh, running some of the wrinkles that they have off of it? I love, for one, I love that you have to defend the entire field. So, I mean, they, they use they use everything on every single play. So, I mean, they've got a ton of RPOs that can make you have to defend those things. So, maybe you have to play some man coverage. You have to play some one-high stuff. Well, now you got to contend with the running QB. Right. You know, every, every D coordinator you talk to in America is scared when they're one high, because a lot of times now a running QB can be a problem. They sure. want to stay too high. So that can create some some disadvantages to them. I think they really do a great job with that. They get the ball to athletes in space. All right, He's not just one of these guys that just goes super fast or whatever. He has a plan for P10. So when he comes out of out of a timeout, I know he's got, he's got shifts. He's got motions. Mm-hmm. He's going to line up in empty. And he's going to see how you're going to play empty. He's going to take a fast dude. He's going to put him in the slot. He's going to move him back into the backfield. He's going to take him out of the backfield and go to put him into place. All right. The other thing that I love that they've done is they've really recruited tight ends. Um, I think they, you know, people, they get a bad rap because, it's, oh, yeah, they're all 10 personnel. Yeah. No, they're an empty, and they're probably in 12 personnel. Yeah. You know, they'll get, they'll get two bigger guys on the field for multiple reasons, mismatch in the pass game, and then they can block you. So their screens are a lot better because they have bigger bodies blocking smaller bodies right so they do a great job i think in the in the screen game if you want to call it your key screens your your now screens your bubble screens they do a fantastic job of it i think that's 
that's something I think I want to get better as a coach. So it's one of the things I took. I learned a lot from, I think, some of the ways that they block it, how they personnel it. I love that. Um, I love their use of unbalanced formations. Yeah, they do that a lot, seems like. A ton of unbalanced formations. And then the way they can tempo unbalanced formations. So they hit a big play, boom, they're going to get you in your unbalanced checks. And they have a way to either go fast or they have a way to play check. So they'll, you know, obviously hard counter or whatever, look right. to the sideline and be able to, to check it that way. But they've always got a, a field unbalanced play and they've always got boundary unbalanced plays. All right. And they're able to, to go into games and you start, you know, they've, I'm sure a ton of you guys have heard about, you know, their menu plays. Right. So they'll carry those into a game and they're able to do those fast. One word and another word. Usually it's a two word play and they can get those things going. So it's got me thinking a little bit more about, you know, simplifying those things, but then having unbal- the unbalanced ability to do it and then again, you know, it's it's plays off of it. You know, they'll run a ton of you know inside zone bubble, inside zone bubble, inside zone bubble. Well, here comes the bubble and go. Right. You know, or they're just they're just simply running the, the play action pass off of it. You know, uh, a lot of the the tight end in the flat. And then you saw it later on in the year they kept running. You know, they they call it, you know, they call the little, little arrow route by the tight end or whatever. They run the arrow screen. They flip it out there. Well, now they run the arrow and the tight end runs the go route. So I mean, yeah. A lot of stuff like that that I think that just kind of builds builds off of it. Um, the one other thing that, that Coach Verduzco said, too, that I, I would like to get better at, too, is, as, a, as a play caller, if I'm ever doing it again, was I think he said they motioned or moved on like 48% of their plays. Hmm. And he said, you know, that wasn't really by design. It's just kind of kind of what they, they ended up doing. But I think that just it clarifies things for the quarterback, you sure. know, especially if you're, you're running your RPO game. It, it, it lets you know if it is man or zone. Um, they do a fantastic job too, because you know everyone's playing man coverage against RPOs. They have some really cool man coverage RPO beaters too. Uh-huh. So I, I just think that the whole system of things that they try to do is is phenomenal. And then you know us being RTP, UCF still runs power. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> which I mean, is important. Yeah. And it's important at Nebraska. It yeah. seems like just you know, and I know very little about Nebraska, but just from. Yeah. Uh, being an OU fan growing up and my grandpa talking about it, you know, and, and some of the old school games of just, you know, Nebraska running power and, and uh, you know, whatever that, that film is that you had me watch a few years ago with Nebraska running G lead like 15 times yeah. uh, in one game or whatever. So it's kind of cool to be able to bring that back and, and uh, you know, still run it at Nebraska, be able to run power. Yeah, they'll, I mean, they're going to get into some unbalanced stuff and still run power. They still run one back power and then they still have options. Yeah, and again, it's not a huge thing of what they do, but you better prepare for it. You gotta be ready. So I mean, it's I just think they and again, the, just the way that they're able to teach it because you hear a lot of coaches out there. Well, how the heck can you teach, you know, a, a, a two back run game? How can you teach zone? How can you teach pin pull? How can you teach gap? How can you teach option? They know how to teach the rules. Right. All right. There's certain plays, you know, when they're blocking their their perimeter screens, those blocking rules carry over to how they block option. They carry over to how they're blocking power read. They carry over to how they're blocking some of their, their dart read stuff. So, I mean, when they know one rule and they can hear one word that kind of triggers that, oh, it's, it's the same rule as this. Right. I think it makes it real easy to, to add and teach and move beyond, oh, man, we got to teach an entirely new play. It's like, no, it's we're just... You're doing the same rules you did over here. Same rules. We're just mix, mismatch, mismatching our rules. Yeah. So... It's, it's phenomenal the way they're able to teach it and make it super easy for players. Well, I can't believe that it's something I hadn't thought of, and, and obviously I'm not that smart, but it's something I hadn't thought of as far as, like, unbalanced normally the coaches, and we've talked about it before, they've only got so many checks to unbalance. And so um, when you do that, but you do 
a hurry up to mm-hmm. unbalance. Now you're really putting a defense. Now either they've got to really, you know, all year or at least that week have a bunch of different checks that they use and be able to get that out there quick, or they've got to only have a couple and you're going to know what it is when you do go hurry up on balance. And so it uh, kind of gives you a little bit of advantage mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes because it is two things that are tough to do and, and you're making them do it really fast and, and get it going. And I think, too, I mean, along those lines, I think I think they probably have it all planned out. Again, I didn't get a chance to ask them. And, you know, who knows if, they, if they'd if share it or not, and they don't have to. But sure. I think, you know, if you're hitting a big play in a certain personnel, so say they hit a big play in 12, yeah. they've got to have a 12 menu. So maybe they have an unbalanced, you know, with, like, tight end wing. Right. Right. Whereas now if you hit a big play in 11 personnel, now it's going to be a different look. So maybe now it'll be trips to the field with the tight end over. So I think they have to have that probably already predetermined, pre-called, pre, you know, whatever. Okay, boom, what what personnel are we in? Well, we're in rodeo personnel, where the heck it is. Boom, all right, let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they they have all that stuff planned as well. And it'd be interesting to kind of be, hopefully, maybe eventually sit down with them and ask them, what's your thought process on that? Do you have similar play menus every single week? Or is it something that you guys reload every week? Which, obviously, we didn't have a chance to sit down and ask them. And, right. Who knows? That's their own story sure. too. So. Sure, it is. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the last two, the the other two big things that you talked about was, you know, they went a whole period where um, certain days they'd go front side pin and pull, and certain days they'd go back side of of inside zone. But um, you know, you were really excited about that as well, and, and how they yeah. set up set that up, and how they ran that with the quarterback running back and being able to obviously you do back side of inside zone because that's going to be the the running backs read most of the time, front side A to back side you know, whatever yeah. it is for them. And then pin and pull, you get the front side and get that um, running back getting used to, you know, if it gets logged, getting out around, if it gets kicked, getting up inside that kick out. I love the way they set up that drill. And again, the, so they'd go, like we said, they'd go two huddles, you know, they're, they're, going, they're going team on two ends, right? So they've split it. So they do that for five, maybe 10 minutes, right? They do their two periods. Then they go back apart. So when they'd go apart, they'd have a plan for what they're doing. So it's kind of like super fast tempo plays against each other, and then they'd go back. They're still working on fundamental skills, but it wasn't like they were going super fast. Yeah. But to me, that was the coolest thing that, that Coach Austin had done with the, the run game. So he had left tackle, left guard, center on the left hash, and they had a QB and a running back. And they were just running their inside zone to the right, but it was all backside combos. Yeah. All right. Who was the scout team was the other linemen. So you had three linemen there. He had three other linemen being the scout look. There you go. So you just mean boom, boom. They could get reps and just go, they go, they go. And he could just tell the look. Okay, I want a backside five, a backside shade, and a, a linebacker in the nest. Yeah. All right. And they'd run it. And he'd give the stunt. They go to the right side. They're doing the same thing with center, right guard, right tackle. And they're running inside zone to the left. And the backs getting reps, reps. They could have any number of backs, any number of quarterbacks. Sometimes he'd have the end up field, they hand it off. Sometimes the end would crash, and he'd pull it. So you yeah. could still run zone read too. But they'd do that for five minutes, and it was just a boatload of reps of those guys going. And then we'll, when you switch, what do you do? Three scout team guys, do they just flip? Just go back and forth. Easy. So it was money. And then I thought, you know, they, they didn't do pin-pull that day. You and I talked about it today at practice yeah. at Iowa State. But you could do the same thing with your pin-pull, pin run it front side. And give your all your different looks. You want to do front side pin pull, front side pin pull, front side pin pull. Well, that's what the ball's hitting. Yeah. So running the boundary to the left, running the boundary to the right. So all those guys are getting used to those skills, those skills, those skills. Your different calls. Okay, is the tackle going down on on a three? Yeah, we're gonna bring it down on the three. Well, he's now he's in a two. Okay, cool. Tackle's gonna be out. Guard, you Guard's got him. Center, center, you're gonna be the guy. Yeah. 
and the the I think that you know the running back gets used to being able to follow that second puller. Sure. Have it fit differently. You know, linebacker's gonna gonna box it. Okay, now I got to stick it. Yeah. He's gonna spill it to the next guy. Understand who's my guy that I got to beat. So yeah. I think you could get a, a ton of, of fantastic reps, and again, you're not killing each other on it. You know, you got you got scout offensive linemen. You get through. You're, you're going through your paces. You learn how to block all these things and make your calls, and go. I think you do it with all your run schemes. Yeah. Well, the other interesting thing too was was how short some of these periods were. So the big one was seven on seven, and we had talked about how with seven on seven it was cool for high schools because you get you know they'd have two seven on sevens, both of them five minutes. Yeah. Right? But for a high school, it'd be cool because you could have offensive emphasis for the first part of practice, first five minutes seven on seven, yep. and then the second part of seven on seven later on in the in the practice. Now that's defensive, you know, the opposite emphasis. Yeah. Now those kids get to work both both sides of the ball. So um, that was kind of interesting to me. So how how they kind of set up seven on seven, and, and they have it on both sides of the field too, and, and they, how they, they norm- do it with five minutes. Yeah, they normally do. So so Shenander said they just didn't do it that first day because they felt like we'll, we'll just focus on our team stuff going too. Yeah. So the kids, kind of, they kind of would gradually move into it. But he said most of the time, yes, they have two groups of seven on seven going on. So, again, one's going north, one's going south. All right, and they're, then they're going, like you said, five minutes as fast as they possibly can. All right, the other thing that they did too is they had managers that would walk towards the quarterback. So it wasn't him just back there patting the ball. Yeah. You know, and there's no no rush, but they just walked towards him. And they had things on their, on their back, so they had to kind of find throwing lanes, stuff like that. That was really awesome. But again, I think in five minutes, if you're running two groups, think of all the, the reps that you're getting. You have 14 guys on the field. Yeah. Uh, on one side, you got 14 guys on the field. On the other side, and boom, you could. You're going. Next yeah, group, you're getting a rolling, lot of reps. And it's just rep, rep, rep. Okay. And you said, you know, teams that need to play guys both ways. Yeah. So, okay, good guys are on offense right now, right? Next time you guys do seven on seven, because they went back to seven on seven later on. They did yeah. a five minute period, boom, then they went back Slowed to. Slowed it down, like you said. Slow down, breakdown period, you know, like your half line or your routes on air. Then they'd come back together, they'd do another seven seven on seven period and you can say okay defense guys now you're over there you guys have the emphasis we're gonna yeah. run a ton of plays at you so i just think you know again they're not killing guys running you know the 20 minute seven on seven segments just brain damage man <laughs> yeah. i mean and as, as much as you know you, you need that stuff i just think you could you could be way more efficient with the time sure they got it all done in 10 minutes i mean it was it was awesome and i think if you would think about practice that way you know you and i we had we were talking you could do inside run opposite that. Yeah. I mean, because what are the offensive line and the D line doing? Pass pro, one on one pass pro. And again, I mean, you can still keep your one on one pass pro, but yeah. hey, coach, let's do an inside period against each other for five minutes. Yeah. And you, you're down there and you're just repping how, how fast can we go with the run game? As many as we can get. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and again, schools that have less guys, take your linebackers. You'd have your second linebackers down here in inside run, your first linebackers are at seven on seven. Yeah. Switch, switch up. when you go the next time. So yeah. I mean, I just think it, it for me it opened up my mind. I remember calling you when I was coming back. Yeah. And I'm like, Harper, I'll never practice the same way again. If you know, if, if I'm running a practice, I'm in charge. Right. I mean, it was, it was life changing for me, man, big time. That's awesome. It's great to hear. Yeah. All right. Hope you guys liked that. Um, obviously, great stuff from Coach Walls. Uh, we got to go to Iowa State today, so. That was exciting. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to do another one of these about about that and and some of the other colleges. Hopefully, you guys like this, and hopefully, we can do some more of these because it was fun. Um, obviously, we probably won't be in the same state when we do it. Uh, this is kind of cool, but um, you know, maybe we can get back on it if the guys like this and, and throw some of these up there and 
and let us, uh, you know, kind of explain some of that stuff out because it's really cool and and uh, it's kind of what we've gone to now as yeah. much as we can as far as clinics are great and we've gone to some and the really cool ones in my opinion are like I go to the one in Texas Dallas uh, area coaches clinic uh, because yeah. we get to hear from high school coaches but um, a lot of the really good stuff you can get is is you know having some hookups and I'm lucky enough to have with you and Coach Wilkinson and and uh, yeah. Coach Alexander and uh, you know those guys but. If you've got that hookup, being able to go to those colleges and get some of that knowledge spread out, even if, like I said, it's not us giving you, hey, this is what they call this, 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 and this. It still yeah. is. How do they set up practice? And you can see, because um, we've been to some where we weren't as impressed with, yeah. and we've been to obviously the one like Nebraska where you're like, wow, you know that, that it really changes every how you would do things and how you even think about a practice. And, I, and that's the thing. I mean, people would be like, well, I don't, I don't run UCF's offense. I don't, I don't run Oregon's offense. You can do this at Broken Arrow where you guys smash people. Yeah. You know, North Dakota State might do some of those things. I mean, sure. I, don't, I don't know. But I think, to me, that's the stuff that helps your program. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to go, need to go there and figure out what are, what are their five best pass plays. Yeah. I mean, you all got your favorite pass plays. You all got your favorite run plays or whatever. How can you teach it better? Yeah. How can your young guys learn it faster? How can you get to that page two stuff? You know, if we're stuck on teaching who to block for three months, sure. we're not being very efficient about how we're teaching it. So I think, to me, that's where you, you go get the real gold. It's not you, you sitting there listening to a guy for an hour and he's created a presentation. You're not learning the inside stuff. Yeah. So you got to go to these places if you have the opportunity. If you guys don't, that's what we're trying to do, bring it to you guys. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.